Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to worship at the altar of music and comedy. The giddiness and the harmony of a well-crafted comedy song brings great joy and abundance. Join the tinkling talents of David Thames and me, Phil Nickel. Sit back, turn it up, and enjoy Sounds in the Key of Laugh. Oh, I can't believe I hit that note. I'm honest. still impressed. I don't know if I could do that again. But if there are any West End producers listening, I sing like that all the time. Um, <laughs> my name is Phil Nickel. And I'm David Tim. And you're listening to Songs in the Key of Laugh. It's the final episode of Series 2. In fact, it's the bonus episode. We've had the final episode. We've had the 10th episode. This is our bonus episode where we uh, talk about the comedy song contest and all that stuff. But we want to thank our listeners. We do want to thank you. We do. Yes, the people who's who's ears we are in at this moment in time we have a great we have a great group of regular listeners and we really appreciate it it makes this worth doing for us and we hope that you're enjoying it and we're loving your feedback uh so thank you to the listeners but also thanks to the guests we've had some amazing guests we started with adam buxton um one of my favorite people in the world we've had we've had earl oaken and izzy suti but we also had cunt and the gang who have just recently very recently gone to i think i don't think they made it to number one i don't think they made it they did I think they made it to number one in like the download charts. Yeah. Um, but they had at one point they did they had like ten remixes in the top twenty on one of these in on the indie chart. I yes, think. I, I believe I believe the song kept getting taken down by Spotify as well. Yeah. And so they kept doing remixes to have the song go back up just because so you could see the title of it in the charts and the ti- and the, I mean it wasn't played on any had it, no airplay but it, comedy songs don't get much better than this. It's the Prince Andrew is a sweaty dance. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so. <laughs> that the controversy on the Jubilee weekend. I mean, it's political. It's straight to the heart. It's from the heart. So thanks to Cutting Again, but also other guests we had on. We had Jude Pearl. Uh, we had Huge Davis. We had your friend Lily Phillips. Um, and I know there was more people. And I can't remember them all now. But thank you to all our guests. Thanks to Acast for housing the podcast. It's the home of podcasting. It's the home of comedy podcasting. But now, I'm- while you're thanking people, Phil, yeah, I just want to do a little bit of housekeeping. Yeah, well, um, well, before you get to that, why okay. don't we thank our? Why don't we th- give the biggest thanks to our producer James Ingley? We probably should. Yeah, I do love James. We do. We love James. We couldn't. We wouldn't be. I wouldn't be sitting right here right now without James Ingley. <laughs> Where would you James, be sitting? I, oh, just just one, about an inch to the left. But <laughs> thanks, thanks, James. Thank you so much, James. Now. Yes, I did make I did make a faux pas on the last episode um, where I announced the winner, uh, uh, Ashley Freeze, as the winner of the Musical Comedy Awards. Uh, and it wasn't Ashley Freeze. And Ashley very kindly sent us a missive saying, guys, it wasn't me, but I appreciate the plug. But the winner of the Musical Comedy Awards, which is a fantastic organization and a fantastic competition, something that if you are a musical comedian, you should get involved in. But the winner of last year's Musical Comedy Awards was Jeff Japerts. Yes, not Ashley Freeze. Yeah. It was Jeff Japerts. Now, Jeff is fantastic. Jeff is one of our favorites. And but he is not Ashley Freeze. He's not. A, I mean, it's, it, they have nothing in common. I mean, they, they do have something in common. They're both uh, musical comedy performers 
Summers and Handsome. Handsome. Oh, so handsome. So, so handsome. <laughs> but that's the Musical Comedy Awards, which is a competition, not to be confused with our contest. Which is also a competition. Which is a, which, no, it's a contest. It's a com- <laughs> our comedy song contest. And we're going to be announcing the winners of that later in this episode. This is the episode. This is the one you've been waiting for. Yeah. We will find out who wins the grand prize. Yeah, And you're also going to be hearing our final interview of Series 2 with fascinating Aida, which was... They're so good and they're such wonderful people. We got to do that interview with them in person yeah. and then saw their show and it... Ah, uh, we, we were crying. We were... It was... It was Beautiful. You know, I mean, we say all manner of shite on stage that we'd never be allowed to say anywhere else, you know, because we're singing it mm. in three-part harmony. We're three delightful-looking ladies of un certain age, wearing very nice outfits. <laughs> Mine you know, is very certain. You know, who, <laughs> who, 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 with very nice accents, who speak well and, and use a lot of words, and people go, oh, my God, did they just say that? <laughs> That's fascinating, Aida, and they're going to be coming up later in the show but first, the Songs in the Key of Laugh comedy song competition. We had great submissions, like coming right out of the shoots, we had Shed Jam's Funky Munch, which was like a funk soul uh, song about food. We had another- we had, we had a, quite a few about aging and older people. We had the gran- grandma's story. We had White Pube white as well. Pube. We, and then we had things like uh, Butt Lift Bossa Nova by Solfa Carlisle and Alison Arna. And we had one in from Ashley Freeze as well, right. another one about the older generation. Ashley Freeze. Freeze is getting a lot of time on this podcast. He is getting a lot of time. We should just get Ashley Freeze on the podcast. We probably should, yeah. 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 One of my favorites uh, was Venus, uh, the John Witcher. Anyway, there's so many uh, that we found it really hard to choose. But if you stay tuned, we're going to announce later in the episode who gets the big grand prize, the big 200 schmackaroonies. But first, we are going to play a short chat with last year's Songs in the Key of Laugh Comedy Song Contest winners. We're going to see how the award has completely changed their, their lives. lives. That money must have really... Oh, 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 gosh, yes. yeah. oh. So here's our interview with the very funny Canadians, Canadians in Space. space. <laughs> the Canadians in Space, as we've just told you, uh, were the winners of the inaugural Songs in the Key of Laugh Comedy Song Contest. They were. And uh, with a great track called uh, Only Next Door, which we loved. Hello. Hi. And, and there's somebody else in, in the background as well. Who's that? That's Young John. So, so you're there. You're there as a three, but you are you're a, you're a band. Where where are you guys from? We're from Barnsley, South Yorkshire. Um, there's two of us do the songwriting, and then John joins us for live. So he's the drummer, um, Glockenspiel, bit of bass, all sorts of stuff, and lots of vocals. That's great. So, how long have you guys been together? We've been together a long time uh, as friends and uh, in bands, but we've just been doing uh, comedy uh, in inverted commas. Uh, for since about 2017, I think we did new, uh, BBC New Comedy Awards, so we we got a got a live thing together for that, uh, and that's when we started doing live stuff. Have you been writing songs as friends for a long time? Is it something that you guys have brought you together, or, were, or did you start writing them yeah. after you were friends? No, probably about the same time, really. So sort of yeah, we're friends, and then started writing through a mutual interest. We're just a bit strange and uh, we need an excuse to be friends, so it were music. It's just like us, <laughs> actually. <laughs> it's funny how these things happen. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and when, when you're writing your songs, does, does one, of you, one of you do the lyrics? Does one of you do the words? How does it work? It's a mixture of both, really. Sometimes one of, all, one of us will have more of a song than another and then other times we just write from scratch together um, and we usually chip in both um, with the lyrics and the music. 
Um, but it, it does vary from song to song. You play out live quite a lot as well, don't you? I I, I see on your, all of your socials that um that, that you're playing like ev- most weekends. Like uh, you can go and see you guys play. Yeah, we uh, we try and do a lot of live stuff. Um, if we get right venue, it's it's good. If not, um, people laugh at us for a different reason. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of venues? What sort of venues like this comedy music? What what kind of places? Um, smaller venues, so like smaller pubs and things are good because people can actually hear what you're singing. Um, I think if you're in a bigger place, it's you know we're not especially kind of interesting as a as a musical thing for people to just listen as background. So it's better when it's a smaller venue. And people can listen and hopefully laugh. <laughs> now let me ask you guys something. You're not Canadians, no, no, and we're not from space. I just want to ask you, you won the inaugural Songs in the Key of Love comedy song contest. And how, how, has it, how has it changed your life? It took me ages to get in the room because of my head. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're, we're better off. You had a nice meal. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and we, can, we can adorn all our flyers and posters with winners of the uh, yeah, we'll put it on everything. song yeah. competition. Contest. Oh yeah, please, yeah. please do. And Absolutely. Every time we, uh, <laughs> and did, on, did did you spend the money on anything? Uh, any, anything in particular that that's that's fancy? Well, we're saving up to do an album, so it's uh, yeah, it's much appreciated for that. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, we're uh, in the middle of recording an album. Fantastic. Yeah. If if you need any backing vocals, yeah, David yeah. is a great singer. Oh, <laughs> young John's upset now. <laughs> he normally does backing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've also got my own Glockenspiel, John. Oh. So. Um, Watch your back, mate. <laughs> um, so uh, the song itself, Only Next Door, is the, I, I loved it. I loved the story. Uh, where, where did it come from? Well, I think it started out um, initially. The initial idea was just logging on to somebody else's Wi-Fi yeah. um, without permission. Uh, <laughs> and then it just took a, took a dark twist and uh, went a bit more Alfred Hitchcock from there. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it is uh, rather Hitchcockian, though, as it just twists, uh, slowly twists and becomes ever more demented. Yeah. Um, well, we're we're so happy to um, have uh, have you guys enter and submit your song to the contest and to have awarded you the prize. Um, you know, I know it's going to take you on to big, big, huge things. Oh, absolutely <laughs> massive. I mean, I know you were saying about big venues, you know, and that maybe they don't get the same thing. But when Wembley call, I'm just going to say a bit of take, take it. it. Yeah. Um, because it'll definitely be worth it. Yeah. 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 Well, so we do introduce it as an award winning song every time we play it now. Yeah. So. Uh, well, it is an award winning song and we're going to hear it live here right now um, on Songs in the Key of Laugh. This is the Canadians in Space and their award-winning number only next door. While you're away I'll look after your home It's really no trouble as I'm only next door I'll put out your bins and I'll jet wash your drive Keep an eye on your green I'll close your curtains at night my phone's been on flight mode, I've just got your text There's no need to worry, it's fine It's incredibly nice, but you don't have a key My mother will see things arrive I've had a word with your mother and I told her I'd help It's really no trouble, there's a mole next door It was hard to convince her, but I now have your key she didn't look well and so I phoned her GP Is my mother alright dear? 
you still have my key There's no need to go into my house It's the least of my worries that my curtains are drawn I'll be booking the next flight out Well, I've tidied your garage, I've defrosted your fridge I've oiled your bike chain and I've treated your fence I've cut down the trees that were blocking the light Kept an eye on your green, I suppose your curtains last night Did you not get my text, is my mother alright? I'm struggling to book on a flight I'm increasingly worried, did you get my voicemail? I'm beginning to lose my mind Mama. Your mother got worse and she called out for you So I shaved off my mustache and dressed in your suit I told her I loved her as I sat by her side She thought I was you at the moment she died She died, she, she died Well, I buried your mother and I cried all your tears I put out your bins and I've jet washed your drive I'll make us a cake and a nice pot of tea Oh, I can be mother now It's just you and me 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 It's really no trouble as a mole next door yeah. Woo! Canadians in the space. Canadians in space. Thank you so much, the Canadians in space. Cheers. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Lee. <laughs> thank you, John. And the Wallachenspiel no, was amazing you. back there, by the way. Um, thanks for thanks for um, submitting your song and taking part in our podcast and supporting the podcast. And hopefully we can meet up in London sometime and and then uh, share a beer or have a drink together. Yeah, definitely. Thanks Excellent. very much for having us. Yeah, we'll send you, you an album. It was, it was oh, our, oh, please do. I, oh, I'd love to hear that. We'd, please do. If you, when you send the album, we'll put it on the podcast for sure. Absolutely. So, uh, listeners, we have been promising that we are going to get the musical... Uh, monsoon which we've been writing over the last 10 episodes um we've been promising that we're going to get it out to you uh, and we still are we promise we are still going to get you that episode if you've been following the whole series you know that david and i have been writing a musical each a dictionary musical each week we put our finger in the dictionary pick out a word and then we're trying to twist it into a narrative which i think we've done we have yeah and, and uh so we've we've spent the last couple of weeks um like filling filling the plot holes which there there were quite a few um but uh over the last couple of weeks um i've been on tour you've with been the, in poland with the amy winehouse band i have i have and you've been you've been going going abroad and doing gigs left right and center yes and i was recording a radio sitcom andrew o'neill's new radio sitcom called Ooh. damned andrew which will be out at the end of june fantastic i play a great part oh do you yeah. oh well I, I look forward to hearing it um so so basically guys we are sorry it is on its way we are going to do a bonus 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 episode big which, bonus big bonus uh which is going, i'm sitting big bonus. i'm sitting here with a big bonus i thought you were gonna go there yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that big bonus episode not bonus episode is going to be coming to you shortly get your mind out of the gutter david you put it there um so yeah Yes, for that episode, you will just have to wait a little bit longer. But um, I think that that 
kind of brings us to what this episode is all about, Phil. What's that? <laughs> this episode is about the comedy song competition contest. We had so many awesome submissions for the comedy song contest this series, and we're about to announce the runners up and the winner of oh that contest. My goodness, it's and so I exciting! I am trembling. Oh. Your knees actually I, I, are. I am trembling. Yeah. So let's get right to it. The second runner-up in the Songs in the Key of Laugh comedy song contest for series two is, drumroll please, The Ballad of Derek and Dorothy by Danny Malone. Derek loves Dorothy. Dorothy loves Derek. Derek and Dorothy. They're in love. And what a beautiful Derek song it was. was. It well was. done, Danny Malone. Danny Malone wins £50. Woo! Right, well, now our first runner-up, who also wins £50. Drumroll, please. Okay. And the winner is... Casual Fling by Rosalind Miller and Yasmin Lukowski. Congratulations, Rosalind and Yasmin. You are the first runner-up in the Songs of the Key of Laugh comedy song contest, which brings us to the announcement of the winner for Series 2. Who is it? How about a really long... Really long Really long drum roll, please. By Eddie Johnson. Eddie takes away our grand prize of $200. And here, it's pounds. Uh, <laughs> and here is the song. Hello there. Welcome to this song and its topic. Although once it started, you prefer to stop it. Like a horror you glued to, you can't retreat. Like car crash viewing, you won't leave your seat. Like Corbin in a disco, Trump in a mankini, Dolores Umbridge popping round for tea, Jimmy Carr's laugh on a loop for all time, non-stop repeats of last of the summer wine. It's a truth, a reality that dawns on us all when we brush into the rug and try to ignore, but there's no holding back. You just need to admit that once upon a time, your parents did it. Yeah, they did it. They did it. It's simple and it's true. And the evidence that they did it is standing in your shoes. Yeah, they did it. They did it more than just one time. And now that mental image is firmly planted in your mind. Yeah, I've tried to ignore it, tried to fight, but it's like your nan trying to play Fortnite. It's ingrained like a trench in the ground. I don't want to cross it, but there's no way around. Once upon a time, your mum and dad met, whether love at first sight or to settle a bet. 
And although it might make your skin shudder, they definitely bumped uglies with each other. Not boots got down, went all the way, no matter how you say it. The meaning's the same, I'm sorry to raise it and make you confront the horror we all try to run from. Yeah, they did it, they did it, and the proof of the pudding is you. Your parents did some smushing and probably enjoyed it too. Yeah, they did it, they did it, but don't feel so repulsed. Cause everybody else's folks did too We're all just the biological results So take your hands off your ears And open your eyes It's not like this should come as a massive surprise You didn't just appear like some magician's trick Your mum just got too close to your dad's Emotions Yeah, they did it, they did it Just place the facts and find That mental image just permanently scarred inside your mind Yeah, they did it, they did it But here's a thought on which to dwell That cause your parents did, we know Your nan and granddad did as well That was Did It by Ray Johnson, the winner of the second series of Songs in the Key of Laugh Comedy Song Contest. It's a competition! It's a contest, <laughs> and we're going to get in touch with Eddie and the runners-up, uh, with Rosalind and uh, Danny, and we're going to send you your cash prizes. Woohoo! Fantastic! There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Over the course of the second series, we've been so lucky to talk to so many fabulous guests and talk about their songwriting, their worlds in comedy, their likes, their dislikes, and get to know them a little more personally. And our final interview of the series is no different. We spoke to fascinating Aida. The guest on today's show. We're sitting with fascinating Aida in uh, where are we? St. Albans. St. Albans. The St. Arena. St. Albans Arena. Um, this is the final episode or the bonus episode of our second season, and it's an honor to have you guys. We've got Dilly Keane, we've got Liza Pullman, and we've got Adele Anderson, and you guys are fascinating. So thanks for joining us. 
Hello, hello. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm extremely excited. David's excited. Um, I, so uh, <laughs> my, my partner is, is an opera singer um, and she's, she's been in um, Phantom of the Opera. She's currently in, oh, actually, she's, she's currently on maternity leave. She's, um, she's, hey, she's, she's absolutely amazing. And she said, um, make sure, so I'm going to get it in now. Um, if any of you ever need to go off sick, um, she will jump in, but she doesn't play the piano. Um, so, uh, yes, now she said. Why, <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're, we're we're both huge fans, and uh, and we we sing your songs merrily. Did you train classically, Tim? Uh, yes, to an extent. Um, He's and, very good. Did yeah. you go to music college? Look I didn't, me now no. asking the questions. No, 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 I didn't go to music college. <laughs> I uh, I left school and then started playing jazz. And then everything changed. <laughs> and I, I learned that I could, you know, live and earn a very little amount of money doing it. So. <laughs> the rest is history. Absolutely. What, what instrument do you play? I'm principally, I'm a piano player. But okay. I, I play many and I do lots of musical direction. Oh, yeah. So, he plays the recorder. You're very good. Very badly. Yeah. But, but I can just about play two at the same time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've both we been writing comedy songs for, for many years. Uh, but this act that we're speaking to goes back to like 1983. 1902. 1902. <laughs> 1902. It feels that long. Yeah, it? it does. It's 1983. 1983. It's 39 years, yeah. 40 yeah. years next year, yeah. Yeah. Well, so I, used to, I mean, I started in, I was in a group called Corking the Juice Pigs, in which... Oh, did, but, God, I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yes. yeah. And we go back, and we go back. And I remember, because I think I met you many years ago, you may not remember, with, with Karen Corrin, or you've yes, Karen? Very much the, so. The lovely yeah. Karen Corrin. Yeah. And I think the first time I may have seen you would have been in the original a balloon when it was down on the Cowgate before yeah. it burned down. Yes, um, I think no, Adele was Did you perform there? No. So it must have been. I'm trying to think of where it would. Uh, have been. It would have been the Assembly Rooms Music Room. Assem- assembly Hall, right? Assembly Rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, back in those days, you were you regulars at the Edinburgh Fringe? Uh, yes. I mean, we we started going up there in, in '84. And I think we went up every year till '89. Then we broke. Well, you actually went there in '83, didn't you? Oh, in I, a I tent went there in '73. The I'm yeah. so old. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, with fascinating Ada, you, you were in a tent on a hole in the, in the hole. Oh in the yes, ground. indeed, we did in a tent yes. in the hole in the ground. Yes, yeah. um, we were in a tent in the hole in the ground. Where, Where's um, the hole in the ground? It's where, where the Travers is now. Um, that oh. was a, a big hole in the ground. And it rained and rained that year, and it was a sea of mud, and you had to wear Wellingtons to get from the dressing <laughs> room to the stage. Wow. And we, went, you know, we were holding our high heels in our hands and picking our way, or other sloshing our way through the And who was in the group the then, Dilly? It was uh, Marilyn Cutts and Lizzie Richardson. Mm-hmm. The very beginnings. I remember seeing, I went to, uh, this is a, sort of a digression, but I saw, we, I saw um, Dame Shirley Bassey at... Um, at uh, Glastonbury, and it was on year, it was very muddy, and she had these boots, she had these, like, boots with, like, sequin, her name <laughs> down the side, in sequins, <laughs> pink, glorious boots that went all the way down, I thought, that's just, what a way for a, what a way for a dame to get on stage. <laughs> what a way for a boot to go for a button. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what, so, I mean, I, my first year at, in Edinburgh was 1990, uh, with the Juice Pigs, and we played the Gilded Balloon, the backstage at the Gilded Balloon. It's changed a lot. You've been, you went up in 2016, were you there, to yeah, film so. in, in the new, and in that wonderful tent, the, the Spiegel, Spiegel tent. tent. Spiegel tent, yeah. in the, mm. in uh, the, Yes, we did a Spiegel tent, yeah. and we've done the big, the, the big purple elephant and things like that. Oh, the, yes. uh, the, uh, the underbelly. Oh, the the yes. underbelly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yes, it's, 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 when you've been as many times as, uh, as we have, it sort of goes into a bit of a blur. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I'm the same, yeah. But um, yes. I, remember, I remember the early years. Well, I remember, I'm the, so old now. The reason I bring it up is because I remember 
one of the things, you know, we, not that you've sort of long before me, but one of the things I remember about it is that comedy and musical comedy and cabaret, cabaret and musical comedy had a much deeper um, connection to the alternative comedy scene, which, which is now sort of mainly stand-up. But at the time, when you went to see a bill of people, you'd go and see, you'd see a musical act, and you'd see uh, someone that juggles or does something, or a, a, a bit of weird magic. You'd see Jerry Sadovich mm. doing some weird magic, and then you'd see... Uh, tiger politi- political, Yeah, the Tiger Lilies, mm. and a political comedian. And that's kind of what I remember, or if I'm not mistaken, that's sort yeah, of... Yeah, well, that's, the, that's how it was on the London Cabaret scene at um, Jongleurs. Right. We had a very much a mixed bill. Yes. Yeah, um, but we, when we went, started going up, though, um, we always had our own... That was, a, that, that was only if you were sort of asked to do uh, a night of cabaret, right. um, out to go and sell your act. Really. Yeah. Yeah. You, you do two songs and you, then you... But also, there was, in the programme, there wasn't a dedicated cabaret section, was no, there? No, we were in comedy, no. yes. Yeah. 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 Or music. Or music. Was, we were yeah. never really comfortable in either. Yes. Did you did you play did you play that comedy circuit? Cause I from from looking into the, the background, you very much came out. Were invited to Edinburgh and came out of your own came out of your own bubble. Were, like, were you creating stuff separately, or were you? It's to a certain extent. Uh, we did play jongleurs. Um, that was one of our first ever gigs, um, and uh, we were a regular for a while on that circuit. The, the, the Hemingford Arms. Uh, and that place in South London where they throw coins. The Tunnel, yes. the tunnel Club, right? <laughs> like the Ball and Banana was one. No, we, did, we, did, we never went yeah. to Ball and Banana. We went to the, Earth, <laughs> the Earth Exchange was one we did. Earth Exchange, okay. yeah. remember yeah. the Earth Exchange. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the most they'd throw was some rolled oats or something. Yeah. But that, um, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was, we were on that little circuit for a while. And then, um, because I suppose we, uh, because of songs are... are Infinitely repeatable in a way that jokes aren't. Yeah. Um, we got our, uh, we had enough material for our own show quite quickly. Some of it was not very good, but it was kind of it, we, we we performed it with enough gusto to make ourselves <laughs> think it was all right. And um, and so we we started going out on tour with our own show with within quite a short, well, within about a year and a half of of our inception, really. Mm. But by then, we, you'd already done quite a lot of uh, TV and uh, Yes, and we'd, we'd and done the Dublin Theatre Festival as well, yes, and things like yes, that. So, yes. um, yeah, we, we sort of, we then carved our own little niche and, and <laughs> went into a backwater <laughs> cul-de-sac called Fascinating Age and never met anybody ever again. Lonely backwater called Fascinating Well, no, I think success makes that happen. If you look around the walls in the circle bar where we are, all these acts, all these comedians, all the acts have played here, and Armstrong and Miller and D, Rice D, they, once you end up touring on your own, you don't really come in contact with many other people because you live in your own little touring yes. bubble and mm. write in your own touring bubble and b- pick up fans along the way. And, and it's interesting that you have survived. I don't even know that's a very, that sounds a bit rude almost. But <laughs> we that you, have that survived. No, it says a lot about your commitment to your craft, that you continue to put on new shows, put on new tours, and continue to write. When you were a younger writer, were you... <laughs> don't laugh at me for saying that. <laughs> I'm allowed to say that. I, I just mean, want to say James but, is laughing. Well, I say, yes, James, the producer, is laughing. I, I meant was when you were a teenager, when did you start, when did you write your first comedy song? Uh... I wrote a song at school <laughs> called Swinging Little Muddletown on the Puddle Marsh when I was about 15. 
And it was a huge hit at school. <laughs> was, it, was it rude? No, I didn't know how to write a rude song then. Um, it, was, um, it was really funny and fun and, and, and quite sweet. Um, it had a great tune. And, um, and I thought that it, was, it wasn't funny so much as quirky. And everybody loved it. And people kept going, I'm speaking a little bit. Much. Uh, and it was about a Devon, a, a Devon village or Dorset village where people, everybody was dead. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and it just made me laugh. And, and so I had a sort of a flair for the quirky. Yeah. Did, did you play the piano with, uh, when you wrote that song? Uh, guitar. Guitar? Yes. <laughs> so multi-instrumentalist. <laughs> for a short it? while. <laughs> I have a guitar at home and I have a guitar lately. Both of which I pluck quietly to myself, and um, I haven't really got the confidence to do it on stage. Um, but you, who, know, who knows or dares to dream? I might. Um, I've played the mouse organ on stage. Mm. Right. Mm. Yes, I, I can only play. I can play things that you can't play anymore, like Camptown Races. <laughs> right. I can play campfire songs on the, on the, on the mouth, yeah. mouth organ. I can't play the blues at all. Whilst wearing lipstick as well. That's quite I know, but if the, a lip, well, the lipstick then was worn all over my face. <laughs> Are you trained then? You, you, did, you tra- did you have a musical family or a musical mum and dad? Uh, n- no, my, mom, my dad could pl- play... A tune in the right hand, but it always had the same notes in the left hand. It was dreadful. It was hard to listen to him. would say, oh, your father plays beautifully. And I'd go, really? <laughs> oh, um, because everything was in the key of D, and, and he only had a D in the bass. Um, <laughs> he played, you know, the whole of, the, all, of all the music from The Merry Widow on, on, on a D chord, um, which was really agony for me. Um, my brother played the guitar for a bit. He played Bobby Shafto. And there was about an hour between chord changes. <laughs> my, my sister Anne was very musical, and she sang. And she taught me to sing. Well, she loved... I, I sang before I, before I spoke. Mum always said she thought it was a shame she'd never had a tape recorder mm-hmm. because I would I'd lay in my, my pram singing. And, uh, yeah, I was, very, I was sort of weirdly musical. And um, I, two mu- very musical grandmothers. And um, then I went to university to do music, and I flunked out because it was terribly academic, and I hated it. And then I went to drama school. Right. Where, where did you go in university? What university? Uh, Trinity Dublin. And I remember saying to, the, to our professor, I said, are we ever going to study jazz? And he looked at me in absolute disgust and said, <laughs> you really should have gone somewhere like York. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really wanted to... Uh, I was taught classically as, as a kid, and I was desperate to play some jazz. Um, and I said, oh, oh, please, can I play some jazz? And he said, well, I'll have a look at what I've got. And uh, the next week he brought in uh, Everything I Do, I Do It For You by Brian Adams. <laughs> and he said, here's some jazz. And I oh thought, God. I don't know if this guy's the right guy for me. No, I don't think he was. No. Yeah. <laughs> My, my, well, my mother used to say, play some jazz. And her idea of jazz was Charlie Kuntz. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, we had a recording of Charlie Kuntz uh, playing the Harry Lyon theme, which I occasionally trot out for Adele's <laughs> amusement. Um, which is, it's, you know, it's just that English sound, which has absolutely no swing at all. <laughs> and how about, how about you, Liza? My, uh, yeah, my... Uh, uh, my my mum's an actress, and my father was a was a very prolific writer for the BBC and for films and for TV. So I grew up in a in a very theatrical family, and I have a, an older sister. And my mum and my sister and I used to harmonise together in three part harmony. 
In fact, I think my dad died when I was about 10, and I think my sister and I really sort of did our grieving by singing together, you know, um, in, in close harmony. And we had a sort of stack of 20s and 30s and 40s books that we used to sing. And so harmony was always a huge, hugely important part of, of my life. In fact, I told this story on stage last week that, that, that we used to sing in the car. And I vividly remember, because there's six years between me and my sister Corey, I vividly remember sort of moaning to my mum because my sister had stolen my harmony. And my mum saying to me, well, find another. And I think that is how I learned to harmonise, because there's always another line to be found. You just have to look for it. So when I joined FA, I mean, I, I then had a very circuitous route. I, I went to music college rather than to drama school, although I'd always wanted to be an actress. But I went to Guildhall because I thought I could sing, and I thought that there would be a, there's a great drama course there, and I thought, well, I'll be able to marry the two. And, of course, in those days, certainly, there was no such thing as a marriage between the drama course and the, and the music department. So six years later, I emerged as a fully-fledged opera singer. I went to Glyndebourne and um, was with Opera North and um, worked at the Royal Opera House and ENO and all of those places. But I, I was always a... You know, I had Fats Waller in my blood, not Puccini. So, um, so in the end, I stepped away from that and did a little kind of danced a bit with West End and did some music theatre, which I, I loved, but that also wasn't for me. I just didn't fit there either. Um, and I always say that it was only when I joined Fascinating Aida that I kind of found my spiritual home for, for a number of reasons, but yeah. So you got a little bit of a clown? Definitely. This allows you to be clown? I mean, Definitely. I, I always think of opera as so... I don't know if I'm using the right word, but so austere and so you have to take it seriously. You have to really know what's going on. Well, you I, do. I mean, the, I mean, there are wonderful clowns in comedy, men and, and women. But I suppose the thing for me, I have a great love of opera. Um, and I was a good opera singer and I had a good career, but I never felt that I could do what I needed to do with the song as an opera singer for, for a host of reasons. Language is one of them. For me, words are so important that if it isn't my language, no matter how well I understand the other language or no matter how well I've translated it, it's not the same as being... For me, I need to be on the word all the time. Mm. The marriage of the word and the music is, is what makes everything work for me. Mm. And whether that's comedy or whether that's making people cry, whatever it is. And I think for me, as an opera singer, I couldn't do that. I, there are opera singers who can do it, historically and today, and they're extraordinary. Um, but it just wasn't, it wasn't quite for me. Yeah. I mean, you mean you sing, singing phonetically even just not even really understanding it's a, yeah, I think the, because the, because what you're required to do as an opera singer is slightly different you know you have to sing very often over an 80 piece orchestra your voice has to spin it has to hit the back of the your other half would know that David mm-hmm. you know it has to hit the back of the room yeah. uh, and sometimes you have to sacrifice some stuff for that and sometimes that's vowels <laughs> consonants right. you know all manner of things mm. um, and for me I never wanted to sacrifice a word in order for my voice to be heard I never t- wanted to make a pretty sound over making a sound that moved people to laugh or to cry mm. and so for me that just wasn't ever going to be my my metier um, and I think also because with FA I was allowed to do everything that I wanted to do you know I was a funny child I was a funny performer um, but I'm also a proper singer and I'm a proper musician yes. and uh, and I have a brain and I grew up with words around me and so for me, FA was allowed me to do all of that and be in control of my own material in a way that you're just not when you're a when you're a, a jobbing singer. And how did you find each other? Like, how did did were you did you just put did, did you did you know each other? Or? No, um, I I have a very very old friend of mine called Michael Fitzgerald, 
who was responsible for the name Fascinating Ada uh, in the first place. Um, that's too circuitous a story to tell. But, um, thank God. Uh, but <laughs> but also, no, no, we don't have time. Um, uh, but also um, told me about the singer. He said, I've just been seeing an evening with a, with a pianist composer friend of mine called Jason Carr. And he had this girl singing with him called Liza Pullman. And she was just... Lovely and so impressive. So, what was what, her voice range? <laughs> <laughs> because um, uh, the fascinating Aida's history with sopranos is very similar to Spinal Tap and drummers. <laughs> but they explode. <laughs> they explode and choke on their own vomit, I hope. Although, um, a complete, complete nightmare over the years. And uh, they have a habit of, you know, of deciding to leave when it's all going really well. <laughs> and, and I think it's, it's that thing of, um, yeah. Uh, actors always think, oh, there's a better job. I'm stuck now. I've, I've, I'm stuck, and I've got to go out because Broadway beckons, or the West End, or I don't know. <laughs> so they leave. So I've always had my ears to the ground for a decent soprano who's, who's funny. <laughs> and uh, so um, and then when the moment came that we needed a decent soprano who was funny, I said, who, what's the name of that friend of yours? And she went, well, he went, what, 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 what? Oh, yes, Liza Pullman. I went, uh, find her number Im- immediately. <laughs> and um, here, how many years ago is that now? 18. 18. Just the 18. All yet, no soprano had lasted more than five years up until yeah. that. And can I just say, I don't know of any other sopranos now because I feel very secure. What's Kim, what's Kim, what's Kim, is Kim a soprano? Oh, yes. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Like, I, apart I, from, yes, apart, apart from your missus. <laughs> I've, I've only just been introduced to. Sadly, with your missus, I'm not going anywhere. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. I describe myself as the longest suffering soprano in fascinating I <laughs> it does look like you guys have an absolute blast. We're all Gemini's as well, aren't yeah. we? But, uh, but so let's finish. Let's finish that, that question because I'm just we too, so we get it all Ooh, in. Okay. Adele, so what's tell us about you? Where uh, you where well, in my other life, as I like to refer to it, uh, when I was younger, I was a cathedral chorister. Okay. Uh, I won't mention the cathedral, but the Russians came to view it. And, <laughs> Not uh, when she was there. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, I was the youngest and longest reigning head chorus that they had there. So that's where I really was taught to sing. Okay. And um, how, and how young do you start? I, th- went, I, was, I went there when I was eight. Eight, wow. And then I left when I was 14. And then right. I went on to another school where I also sang. Right. And then, um, and then I, th- I gave up on God and then I gave up on singing <laughs> at the oh, same time. Really? Yeah. Okay. And then I didn't start singing again until I was in my 20s because I needed to get an equity card. And uh, one way to do it was to get a little residency. And so I had a residency in an East... I advertised in Melody Maker for a jazz trio. I fancied myself as a jazz singer. And this guy said, I'm not a musician, but I can fix it for you. So he got a trio together for me. And we had this residency. I used to listen. I used to um, listen to Ella Fitzgerald during the week and try and copy her scatting, wow. with varying degrees of success. <laughs> well. Some were some were quite successful, others not so. Yeah. Uh, Whereabouts was the residency? It was in Bethnal Green, Bethnal Green. in London, and yeah. um, and then we turned up one day, one Sunday, to do the residency, and the 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 pub was shut. Yeah. And there were no. It was before the internet and mobile phones, so there was no way of. Finding out what had happened it took us several weeks to find out that actually the guys who owned, 
who owned the pub had got the money to buy it by robbing Lloyd's Bank and um, they'd, they'd been caught. So, <laughs> so all their assets were seized, so that was the end of that. But by that time, I had my contracts and I was able to get my equity card. And then fairly shortly after that, I was spotted at the Donmar Warehouse. Well, I, I, I talked my way into doing a late-night a spot at the... Well, one song in a late-night cabaret at the Donmar Warehouse. And Nika Burns who was Fascinating Ages director, you know, she ran the Donma. Yeah. And she liked what she heard and she asked me to audition and the rest is history. Really. Wow. And, and how long ago was that? That was in 1984 I joined. 1984. So that's yes. just one year after... Well, we started March started. 83 and okay. then we met... You'd, you'd already got through two members of Fascinating Ages. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> is there a reason for that? <laughs> well, one fled to Canada. Uh, <laughs> no, Lizzie, who was a very, very good friend of mine... Um, uh, she her her marriage broken up and she was quite sad. Then she got a job and she was Canadian. She got a job at Stratford, Ontario. Yeah. So she said, "I have to go." Uh, so she did. And then um, we were joined by a girl called Glenda, who had an absolutely lovely voice, but she didn't have a consonant in her head. <laughs> and there was nothing we could do to make her. She just sounded like that, and she was growing her fringe. <laughs> and her fringe was literally was longer than like Claudia Winkleman. Yes. Could, could you kind of like cut your fringe or pin it back? Because nobody can either see you or hear you. Because you know you're not showing your face. And you're not. Uh, and, and it's before like, Sia came along. You know. So. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Sia. You know. I don't know Sia, the Australian. The Sia. Oh, right. I don't know. I don't. She wears these okay. uh, weird masks over yes. her eyes. Well, she, and a wig she doesn't that like. Sort of comes she doesn't down. like anyone seeing her eyes when she sings. Yes. I think she's. Got a yeah. bit of an issue with it. She's got a tremendous yeah. voice, though, doesn't she? Oh yes. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah. Uh, but she's every outfit she's got is some kind of weird headdress. Oh, okay, yeah. I've, I've 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 been spared. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, that, that would quite annoy me. Um, <laughs> I know. So anyway, uh, so Glenda had to go. We we, we actually sacked her. <laughs> and um, you sacked her. Yeah, we did. Okay. Brutal, 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 brutal. And we thought maybe it wasn't going to happen. Then we found, uh, and Adele joined, and uh, the rest. Yeah. <laughs> really, <laughs> history. Adele, it's history. <laughs> well, I hope you don't mind us talking about it because I, I don't. I personally find it fascinating because I had having been part of a comedy trio when I started, which was in 1987, mm. and we only lasted ten years. And the fractious nature of the relationship. The working relationship to keep a trio together is actually extraordinarily difficult, and mm. that's what part, maybe part of how, why I started the, this part of the conversation. Is it's admirable that, and when I say that survived, it's amazing to maintain this kind of relationship, working happy, joyful working relationship, and where you can keep the comedy, where it keeps the comedy mm. fun. Yes, I, well, I think we all have, have uh, in the end, the same ethic. Which is you go out there and you work your socks off and let's let's you know they've paid well, let's give them a good time and if we give them a good time we have a good time and mm-hmm. then once we've had a good time on stage we come off and we go oh wasn't that fun yeah. and uh, let's do it again but um, we also have I was saying earlier you know we're sort of slightly joking and saying we're all Gemini's so I always say there's six of us in dressing room at any one point <laughs> um, but we we all do have uh, in our own ways uh, it, the same off-the-wall sense of humour, and that is how we approach writing and our work on stage. It's also what 
what we're like in the van together. Um, and uh, we also have, we share all the same points of references, apart from Sia, um, about music. <laughs> we love, we, we love, the three of us are, are uh, I would say, unbelievably eclectic in our musical tastes. And, uh, and we talk about it all the time. It's really what unites us hugely. So, I mean, of course, you're absolutely right. You know, certainly 39 years, you know, 18 years, it's a long time to be with, you know, with, with two other women whose birthdays are pretty close. Um, you know, and so actually the things that, for me, the, the magic on the stage only happens if the magic is happening off the stage. The minute the magic doesn't happen off the stage, you've got nothing left. Mm-hmm. It's not like going out and playing Mother Courage. You can't just leave it behind you. It is about the magic that, is, that happens with the three of us. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something you have to nurture both on stage and off stage. Otherwise, yeah. it, doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't survive. And you're, because, yeah, you're, you're basically living in a van together. Yeah, and because we, re- we have to rewrite bits Mm. Almost every day. Mm. Definitely have to. Yeah. Re- we have an at the end song we rewrite every day. And sometimes there are uh, short, very short songs called, we call the Bulgarian songs. And sometimes they have to be written. Uh, you might have to write three. Mm. I mean, there, there are only... There's a sort of clarity, really, to music. But um, or sometimes they've got four lines and a rush of blood to the head. Um, <laughs> but, um, either, you know, it's just trying to write two hilarious lines. Mm. <sighs> It's almost as hard as writing his full song. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. um, now we've got a lot of templates that we can use. Um, I've, I've got more, uh, I suppose, organised and scientific about it. Um, so, yeah, so, and having to, um, you know, when you're tired and you've had a rubbish breakfast, and, you know, and, and the pillows have been like boulders and, and you know... The, just a hotel, you know, another view of the car park. and uh, <laughs> That's always my room, always. <laughs> but, but, always. But then again, last night you played the Royal Festival Hall. Yes, you did. So, it's, mm. so the highlight would be, you must have been buzzing after that show. Did I was just know? so, I was tired, I hasn't slept very well, and um, I was around with my partner, um, and he was just being a pig. Um, <laughs> you might cut that. We, we, no, can, we can edit around. No, don't cut it out. And so I was kind of tired and nervous when I arrived. And so I, I actually, I just sort of, one of those things, I, I got through it. Um, uh, and I was very nervous. Well, I can tell you it didn't show. Yeah, of course. Marvelous solution. Do you get ner- You still get nervous after all this time? Yeah, I mean, even though the show's in our bones, the, the festival hall is a big deal. It's, big sure. it's one of the three biggest, three premier venues in this country. Sure. The, the festival hall, the Palladium, and the Albert Hall. And yeah. I think of those kind of like, of all of them, the festival hall has, for me, kind of a cultural prestige, which is just, I mean, it's where I go to see people like Randy Newman or Ashkenazi or Baron Boyne or Martha Argerich. Hmm? Sandy Toxpick. And it's where I go, uh, you know, because I I, I really love me me high culture. Mm. And um, so for me to play there was just, uh, I I was kind of speechless. Really, I I don't get nervous if I've got the girls with me. If I ever do solo stuff to a much, much, much smaller audience, I do get nervous then because it's all down to me. But if I go a bit wrong, Somebody will help me out. <laughs> sure, sure. So, so, which is fine. And actually, the audience love it if you go wrong as well. 
Isn't um, it true? Yeah, that is. True. I mean, that was that bottom. Provided you acknowledge that you've done it. My yeah. my, my bassists normally hate me because we'll be going through a set and we'll we'll get to a song and ninety five percent of the time, despite the fact I've sung this song a thousand times, I will be going into it and I'll forget the first line of the song. So I'll just have to play it over and over again, and then I'll have to ask the bassist. Last and night, last night we were at the uh, festival hall, as you said, and uh, came on. We do a song at the beginning of Act Two called "Suddenly New Zealand," which is very wordy, and we've rewritten it about seventy thousand times over the years <laughs> and to update and, it. Uh, to update it, mm. and um, last night uh, I was just enjoying myself very much, and <laughs> it was all going terribly well. And then I I sang a lyric from version. 23 in 19 wherever <laughs> and then I thought I don't know what the next word is so I sang something else that rhymed and then there's another one and I just went and I sang I don't know what the words are yeah. and then I turned to Michael our pianist Michael Ralston who's amazing and I said I'm sorry I have no idea what the next words are and he gave me the words and yeah. then I said are they? <laughs> and those really the words. It was really funny. And as Adele said, actually, it, was, it got a huge laugh, and it was sure. completely fun. And I never mind that. It's always difficult. It's interesting. We have a song, I have a song in the second half, which is uh, about the woke culture, which we, we've written very much as a character, um, dealing with what it is to uh, deal with the path of woke between two people that you love, a son who's representing the future of, of what it is to be woke and a mother who is stuck in the past going, ah, and she's in the middle going, how do I reconcile these two things? If I forget the words in that song, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't make it work in the same way because she's a character. When it's me on stage, I have no problem with it because right. then I know how to handle it because it's me, Liza Pullman, I'm on the stage, I can make people laugh and I can get around it. But when you're doing a character song, that's a whole different ballgame. You don't want to forget the words in a song like that. No. What's your process when you're writing songs in general? Is who, I, I, Dilly, do you write the, the melodies? Uh, yes. the, what it is, is that it is somebody will say, you'll post a, something on Facebook about how you had to wait for a bus for t- two hours because <laughs> there was a breakdown, and somebody says, oh, but you'll be writing a song about that, to which the answer is no. Mm. there's not a song in everything so what we do now is we we take a subject um and i always say it's like a sculpture sculptor's block of stone kind of walk around the subject for hours and we discuss it we we wrangle it and we say what do we think about this you know for instance um uh when we were rewriting suddenly new zealand it was we we, we wrote it initially um, post nine eleven, and uh, very funny um, thing about about how you know one is terrified of you know people trying to assassinate large numbers of us, um, and uh, and there were all sorts of so I said the three new subjects we need to write are. are Covid, because it's it's about the horrible things that happen are, it, it happen to us all, uh, and that threaten us all. It's about Covid. It's about dictators, um, you know, using the pandemic to to stifle our liberty and food shortages, food food insecurity. Those are the three huge subjects, and so it's really trying to cram all that into very short syllables. So we'll talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. And we'll research and we'll sit there on t- with three computers going, oh, did you know that 
rice, maize, and wheat. Um, they're half of everything that we eat. Oh, well, that's good. Put that down, put it down. So that's how we do it. Mm, we'll we'll yeah. go round and round. We chip away at our block of stone. Mm. And um, uh, eventually we get to the sub, we get, we get to a way of approaching it. And, we, and then we start writing the song. I will say, though, the one thing that, that Dilly doesn't quite say there is that I, I think um, she has a sort of her superpower her spidey sense is her ability to know what uh, will make a good song. Mm. Uh, and it isn't just saying a song about the bus queue isn't going to make a good song. It, it's the opposite of that. She, she knows what will make a good song. And mm. that's where we begin. Mm. She will come in and say, I've got this idea for a song. And that's where the process starts. Uh, and that in itself is 50% of what then has to happen because, because that's what's key, is understanding mm. what people are going to want and re- respond to. I, I think the stakes that you mentioned there as well, though, when you're thinking about them, the stakes are really, really high, as in the, <clears throat> the subject matter of each of the things. The stake is quite high in what, you are, in what you're saying. It affects everybody. You've just said about dictators, food shortages. They're really, really big topics. Big and they're so important. Yes. Absolutely, they're so important. But you treat them so delicately, lightly, and then, and then you can whilst saying a really important message with them you turn it round and 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 it's hilarious so the, the, i don't know how i'm what i'm trying to say but you you've managed to make something that is so important so fun as well um i i mean i'm thinking i'm thinking in particular there's adele there's a song that you sing and it is um it's beautiful. I've, I, I think I cried the first time that I heard oh. it. Um, it's the, it's the, the one about being in a cage. Is that not in a cage? Being a prisoner. Prisoner, prisoner of gender. gender. Prisoner yeah. of gender. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, could you, could you please tell our listeners a little bit about the song? Well, um, the prisoner of gender is about uh, my growing up uh, as a trans woman, and um, actually, Dilly had suggested that we write about it years ago, but it was rather strange because when, when I first joined the group, I shouldn't go into all the buildings of what happened, but basically I was outed quite soon by the newspapers and um, we decided that the best tack to take was, oh, it's not relevant, I'm just, we're a three-woman group and, uh, you know, go away and that's the end of it. And, and when was that, darling? That was 1984. So that's well, basically wow. what what we did and also because um, you know you, you were an unusual um, phenomenon then yes and yeah. uh, it, it, it was it was tough it was it was very tough and for... it was tough and may I just say also at the time that um, Dilly has been the most staunchest ally and she's had to put up with a lot of sh- she had to put up with a lot of shit at that point on, on my behalf you know programmes that didn't want us on um, really Oh yeah, because I was in the group, and she never, you know, she stuck by me. So, so we, so, and you, then you it all, know now, but you didn't need to know then. It all kind of went away. So we, you know, n- nobody really bothered about it. And then, um, and then Dilly suggested years later that you know maybe now was the time. And I went, oh no, I don't think so. But it was actually when when uh, the Chechnyan president started killing rounding people, uh, gay people up and killing them, I thought, well, I'm here in a very privileged position. So, so I performed it 
We wrote it then. We finally I managed said, to finish. I remember saying, let's just write it yes. and see what it's like. And then if you hate it, I promise you I won't make you sing it. Yes. What, what year is this, just to be 2015, was it? 2015? I think it was. We did it in Edinburgh in... in um, yeah. yeah. Yes. In 2014, 2014 I think, yeah. Right, right. Um, and we did it for a while, and it was great. It, got a, you know, it was very, very well mm. accepted. And then... Something more interesting happened to me, which is what I got cancer. Was I got cancer, so we wrote a song about that instead, a funny song about that. <laughs> and uh, so that seemed to be more interesting at the time. But then we brought it back this time because it's got so toxic now. It mm, seemed yeah. like trans people were on an upward trajectory and it was, it was all going to be fine. I and think they were in many to, ways they still are. And, yeah, but they were going to reform the Gender Recognition Act and everything was lovely, lovely. And then this, all this toxicity started coming from the American evangelists and from the right-wing yeah. media, and even now from the government. So well, that's just so in the it, last it couple seemed, of weeks, isn't it? They've and I feel that a lot of young trans people see that their chances of being able to get treatment and things are being taken away from them. Yeah, right. Um, as we know, rights can come and they can be rolled back. Look what's happening in America at the moment right, with abortion rights, or it has happened in Poland. So you can never take anything for granted. No. And, um, and uh, I, felt it's imp- I feel it's important now that other trans women, or, and men, in fact, I've had a lot of men come up about, our, about it, can see that you can, and also parents of trans children can see that being trans does not condemn you to a very un- unhappy <laughs> life. You can, you know, you can be happy and successful. And it's such a gentle song. It just says, this yes. is who I am. And you know, take it or leave it, um, but we, but, we have well, a right to exist. Well, what's so great about it is, is that the other two come in and join me at the end. So, so you get... <laughs> Tell everybody that everybody yes, is. Everybody, everybody, you know, the possibilities are endless. And I think that's very important. It's not just my song. No, it's, yes. a, so, it's yes. a solidarity. Yes. And actually, you were saying earlier, weren't you, the thing about, um, you know, we take a serious subject and we, and we make people laugh. And the thing I always feel standing behind you when you're singing it, obviously it's incredibly moving, that go, goes without saying. But in the early days when we were performing it in, you know, some such place in suburbia in the middle of nowhere um that you were just a bit like oh god okay let's give it a go fingers crossed let's go i think what was wonderful about it was it disarmed people so rather than for people who might not have been able to deal with that subject at that point before whose whose shields would have just gone up it disarmed people so Mm. they were able to hear it Mm. and to understand it and to take it on board so that by the end of the song they've come on that journey with you Mm. and with us as we join you at the front of the stage i think that is something that that a, that a song can do that perhaps standing up and reciting a, a speech or giving mm. a talk might not do as successfully. Mm. Also, yeah, it, I've been it, making them laugh up until that point anyway, so yeah. they've got to know me mm. in the yeah. show. Yes, yes. and, and, and it, it's also that moments like then came the dreadful day when I hit puberty, mm. hence this music, Sorrowful and Schuberty. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... It's punctures the yeah. self-importance yeah. of the, of or any sense or of, of not so self-importance of self-pity. Self, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, you know, because that's one thing that self-pity is one of the most unattractive things to mm. see on, on stage. Mm, you just want to go, oh, please go away. Um, and uh, it, it, moments like that puncture any sense of that, and so people are just going. Oh, right, that's quite funny, um, you know. And 
uh, something something was burgeoning. I found a a surgeon who could do some surgeoning, which is is outrageously bad in in many ways. But but it's sort of, again, it's that thing of... And also, if in doubt, have it off. It's 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 not quite what you would say normally. But it's very true that if, 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 if it was said as a speech... Yes. Then everybody would have their guard up, have yeah. an and yeah, and everybody yeah. would, and, and people would have a chance to get angry about it, yeah. and and it would be completely different. But the fact that there's a laugh in between every one of these little snippets yeah. that you're dropping in, your, yeah. your guard is completely down, and and you can get a message. Well, I mean, to be honest, we get away with absolute murder, <laughs> you know, because you know, I mean, we say all manner of shite on stage that we'd never be allowed to say anywhere else, you know, because we're singing it mm. in three part harmony. We're three delightful looking ladies of un certain age wearing very nice outfits <laughs> you know, very you know who, <laughs> who, who with very nice accents who speak well and, and use a lot of words and people go oh my god did they just say that oh my god and actually rather than I mean we might have one little seat pop up as they, as they leave the auditorium but it doesn't really happen you know yeah. people stay people of all persuasions politically and uh, you know, generally how they feel about the world, stay and listen to what we have to say. And I think that that is perhaps what, you know, we're sitting in this room with these amazing stand-up comics, but I always think it's in many ways easier for us to get to people because we have music. Yeah. I, 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 we, we get to people who don't agree with us politically. Yeah. Are you subversive by choice? The beauty of it is you're not sure whether it's just because that's what you find funny and that's what you want, just want to make people laugh, or, or are you... Are you using this, your stage and your platform to to make and say things that you find are really, truly need uh, uh, to change? I, absolutely I don't, I, passionate about our absolutely. our politics. There you go, and our ethics, um, ethics and yeah, absolutely. So. Um, it's it's a fundamental thing, and, and we are united. I mean, that's yeah. that's the other thing when we were talking earlier about mm-hmm. what unites us. Yeah. Uh, that is also, you know, that is absolutely. Even though I'm key. a liberal democrat, <laughs> <laughs> almost elected. <laughs> well, I almost got elected. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah. That, I mean, that would have changed. Would, would you still? <laughs> <It> would, <laughs> that would have changed <laughs> everything. I, 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 I didn't I, vote I, for her. That's for certain. I was the vote patsy. You know. I, it was, uh, uh, but but, but I, I am also a Lib Dem who voted for Corbyn in the last election because there was absolutely no point in voting. I'm a tactical voter, but I would, you know, I would, I would, you know, march on Downing Street with staves at the moment. I'm so angry. Oh yeah, about well that's that's what I was saying. You're speaking to the converted on that one Be- because of the nature of your show and the sequence and the sort of light. Uh, lightness of the performance or the um, humility of the performance it, it, the the politics aren't they're not they're not like it's not like a, a it's similar to Tim mentioned as a similar thing he's able to use his he's a very political boy completely I mean it's you know his songs about fuck the Pope and uh, uh, you know so, he's so generous about it. He's not as if he's telling you what to not, do. Yeah, not just, yeah. these are just ideas we have about it. But I do think we have in my time with FA. Um, I do think we've, we have gotten more and more and more political as we've gone Good. on. I think we've, I think we've, uh, I think you would agree with that. I think uh, uh, over the years yeah, yeah. We, we've, mm. I think it's partly that thing of getting older and just going, oh, who gives a fuck? Let's just, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? You get sure. to a point where you think, you know, 39 years, 40 years next year, you know, we're, we're all, 
you know, cracking on. Let's just do it. Sure. Let's just say what we think. And if we can do it and make people laugh at the same time, then bonus. Yes, mm. and also, you, I don't know if you see the reception of that is going to actually embolden you to say more because the people enjoy are sharing that with you. Oh. Even a s- simple songs like a song about dogging or the songs that are seen... <laughs> very song, political songs, dogging. Yeah, but, very but, political, but even, yeah. The, but even <laughs> the I concept of doing a song about it is political in this... Yeah. In the, in through Particularly to our audiences. Well, you know. Yes, exactly. And I know you're making fun. You're going, the, the older people enjoying it, whatever. But, but that, that is what you're... You're not... You're, you're making it. You're discussing. You're going places with ideas that other other thing other people don't do and you are I right. call it my ball and chain I have to say really? rat and cheap flights you'll have cheap to sing flights. forever oh, oh that's your ball and chain because no, both were, my ball and chains because, because they I, were successful <laughs> so you can never ever do a show without them oh yes. yeah or oh, people yeah, will feel very short change oh, wait a minute that's like the Rolling Stones not doing satisfaction yeah I'm yeah. afraid yeah. it is yeah. I mean they start their concert with start me up and they end it with satisfaction Even though you'll, they'll never be able to get away from yeah. that so. I mean if you although if you ask Van Morrison to sing Brown Eyed Girl he will just walk well, off stage. Well, that's Van Morrison. Yeah, anyway, that's Van yeah. Morrison. Yes, and he's an anti-tempered an, git. And he's an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> is he? Oh, is he? Oh, yeah, oh. Have you heard his new songs? They're actually about the New oh, World no. Order. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, his that's new, so album, depressing. No, it doesn't is. surprise me at all. No. His new album is about how Bill Gates is trying to kill us. Oh, it's really, no. really sad. So, my no. middle name, I'm, my middle name is Morrison. I was named after him. No. And I, I not after love the grocery store. Music. After no, the, not after the grocery store. Excellent grocery store. It's after Jim Morrison. No, there you go. That's very true. This morning, I went via my parents' house. But as I went there, I was playing a couple of your songs to show my dad. And, um, and I was playing uh, cheap flights to him, and he went. But David, you do know you do know what feck means, don't you? His dad's hilarious. His mum and dad are the nicest people in the world. I said, uh, yes, dad, yes, I do. He's like, oh, that's good because because uh, I was told what that meant about ten years ago, and you know it did shock me a little. <laughs> oh my god, you should come and see the show. Um, yeah. My, my Just a way of Catholic Ireland getting to say fuck without it being sounding that fuck. Yes. <laughs> he, he did. Um, uh, he used to come and see uh, the Ruby Darlings, which was my cabaret act that I used to do with a couple of my friends, and it did it did quite well. But we had shocking songs about anal sex and things like this. You know, we really, really went all in. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody did once walk up to my mum in this uh, in the garden centre and had seen my mum was at the gig, and just walked up to walked up to her ear and went, "Say no to anal," <laughs> and just started singing it to her <laughs> um, in the middle of the shop. And as if, if I bet they couldn't okay. be prouder. Like, yeah, oh, well, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it was yeah. Lily Phillips and. What? Lily Phillips and, and Rachel. Yeah, and it was, a femi- it's a, it was a feminist cabaret show. Similarly, taking sort of feminist politics to a level where they're in sparkly, almost like... Sexy, I was in a sparkly se- onesie. Sexy, sexy outfits, but also making, it, making their politics and very clear sorry, about... you probably got it from us. Well, well, well it would have been I a mean, huge it was, influence. I mean, it was a big influence. Absolutely. So, so we, we, we needed to wind down because you yeah. need to go and you need to eat something and you're performing tonight. Um, we normally ask the people that we interview to perform something. We do a lovely rendition of Happy Birthday. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, is, it is my birthday tomorrow. No, oh, is, is it? 
is. It is, yeah. It is, indeed. Yeah. Oh, happy birthday. Yes, thank you. But it's mine on Monday. <laughs> is it? Is you're, it? Oh, yes, because you're, you're Gemini. <laughs> Second you're day. Seven, you were seven. Really? What are, you, what are you doing for your seven? I'm, I'm playing South End. That's what I'm saying. Oh, no. South End, yeah. South End of the pier. And no. I don't know what they're going to do to me on stage. I, I just dread it. Oh, no. Yeah, we're going wow. out to the Piper Port afterwards. We are. Right. And we're going with Jack Monroe. Oh, is she coming? Yeah. Lovely. Yeah, with her pal, yeah. Yeah. Oh, lovely! That's yeah. nice. well. That, well, happy birthday! Thank you very much. And, and do you guys normally, because you're all in, in the same monthish, do yes. you do you have a do you have a joint birthday party or do you? No, one you of the happiest joint things was that we uh, Adele took um, Dilly and I to see uh, a wonderful German singer called Max Raab at the uh, Shepherd's Bush. Empire. Empire. And yeah. I'd never seen him, I'd heard him, but I'd never seen him perform live before. And he comes with his Palast Orchestra and they do stuff from the Weimar Republic. He's wow. absolutely sublime. And that was one of the one of the, the only times I think we celebrated. It was a sort of mm. joint yeah. birthday present. We should do that again. We should do yeah, that. We should and do. The, then there was the time we went to see the Seekers. Oh, that God. Was <gasps> almost as emotional. Oh, God. I forgot about that. It's the 50th anniversary. God, I forgot We had been going, and, and, and I said, Judith had a, had a br- right. brain said, aneurysm. Oh, my God. They're going to end with them. Oh, it was delayed for a year, wasn't yes. it? Oh, They're going wow. to end with the carnival is over. Oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been dressed in beige, really. <laughs> so I don't know if we do. do what could we sing? Can we sing anything? Uh, we could sing a Bulgarian. The HS2 is what we need, what we need, what we need. To travel to Birmingham with greater speed, greater speed, greater speed. It'll cost 109 billion, but it'll save 20 minutes. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. Fascinating. So Thank you so much for joining us on Songs in the Key of Laugh and uh, with David and I. It's, uh, oh, it's an honor to speak to you. Thank, Thank you, you very so, much. So much. Sure. Hope, you, hope Thank you have a fantastic you. show tonight. And, and enjoy. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Yes, yes, well, we'll see you afterwards. Because you've got yes. to stay now. Oh, yeah. We're going oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to sing along. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll know one of the Bulgarians anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Adios. Farewell. You'll be glad to hear that we think that your interview went well but we have other things to get on with now so you're gonna have to go i'm sure our paths will cross again but whoever really knows it's been fun it's been musical it's been comical at times but now we have to leave you so goodbye goodbye Ah, that was fascinating, Aida. And our second sort of in-person interview, because most of our interviews take place over Zoom, but we actually got to go to the St. Albans Theatre and meet them in the bar. uh, Yeah, the only other one that we've done was with with Rich Hall in his shed. In his shed. Which was so cool. I think as we move forward with the... with the songs in the key of laugh, we'll be doing more in-person interviews, so that that could become more fun and exciting for us. But that was such a wonderful experience and such an amazing show to watch afterwards. So as that well. almost ends our second series. Although we do have the bonus episode of our musical, which the bonus, bonus, bonus the bo- episode, the bonus, 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 bonus monsoon episode. Um, but until that time, um, yeah. If you'd like to see more or hear more from Fascinating Aida, why not visit them at their website, www.fascinatingaida.co.uk, for their tour dates. And please send us in your songs for the Songs in the Key of Laugh Comedy Song Competition Series 3. And if you'd like to support our podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash songs in the key of laugh or coffee.com forward slash songs in the key of laugh. 
Listen out for that bonus episode, guys. It's going to be coming in your ears very, very, very soon. Until that time. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.